Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. There is a disconnect between what organisations, organisations say they actually want to achieve in a cultural terms and in compliance terms and what's actually really going on. In this edition of the GRC Professional Podcast, we have a message from Naomi Burley, our Managing Director. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher and I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and the GRC Professional Online. And with me I have our Managing Director, Naomi Burley. Hello, Kwame. So today we're going to have the Managing Director's message, um, just talking to you a little bit about what's coming out of the Institute. Obviously you guys know that the conference is next week and there are a few other things happening. So Naomi, take it away. Okay, thank you, Um, As you would be across, and all our members are across, it's a busy time for organisations considering the Interim Royal Commission report. And we have had a number of members contact us via email, over the phone, having really quite in-depth chats about what we should say on their behalf and that we absolutely need to say something on their behalf and push um, the value proposition of compliance and compliance professionals much harder because this is the moment where we will have a chance to do that. Um, we've held off to date um, making any kind of um, coherent, I guess, uh, a single submission on the topic for the Royal Commission, mainly because of the way they were approaching the Royal Commission and because it was going to cover so many industries and we were pretty confident that they were going to come out with some big theme numbers for compliance to uh, be able to respond to, for us as, as an institute representing professionals to respond to. And they have. Um, so our big themes coming out of the Royal Commission are really around that place where compliance sits in an organisation and compliance professionals. and. As long-time members will know, we have been looking and examining and trying to develop new ways for compliance professionals to break through to that upper level of the organisation, have them really understand that value proposition and embrace it as something that is beyond minimum standard compliance with the law. We've had themes from, you know, beyond black leather law through to the audacity theme last year. All of this is great stuff. Our members embrace it. Our members are intelligent, smart people who can do this if they wanted to. The problem isn't them. The problem is the way that organisations are structured, the inherent culture of those. It's really difficult to push through whether you're a CBA or whether you are a smaller organisation. And so I'm having some really interesting conversations with members who are sold an idea that they're brought into an organisation to solve really big problems. The organisation doesn't really want to solve them and they have to leave 12 months later, not having to be able to achieve anything, um, even though they were recruited for that exact purpose. So there is a disconnect between what organisations say they actually want to achieve in a cultural terms and in compliance terms and what's actually really going on. And I think that's the crux of it. So we need to come up with a coherent message for the Royal Commission and for the industry as a whole about what practical things would actually change that and what they have done to date that has set that backwards. And I think there is, you know, a real lack of understanding that compliance is beyond minimum standards um, and what a compliance professional brings to the role. So that sort of brings me to the next stage. Um, You know, 10 years ago, we launched our Legal Recognition of Compliance Professionals paper. We shopped it around all the regulators. We had our accreditation framework, which has since turned into a national qualification framework, um, to back that up. And there was interest from the regulators. But at the end of the day... um, 
there was no return on no immediate return on investment for that and became a difficult sell for everyone. So we face the same challenges as our members. However, this is the time now where we really need to spell out what our members do, what value they provide, how they do it, how you should get out of their way for them to be able to do it. And so we're relaunching the paper and working through and updating that, especially in light of the steps that have been taken by regulators overseas in regard to establishing a value of compliance professionals, um, that they are required, that they should be appropriately qualified, and that this is that is your absolute bare minimum before even looking at the law. And who they should be reporting to, how they should be accessing power and influence in organisations. Um, so we'll be, we'll be workshopping that through, which brings us back to our conference theme. Our conference themes are always around extending our members, giving them new tools, a new way of accessing and, and developing themselves and selling that message on and influencing change in their organisation. That is our recurring theme every year. Everyone else knows how to put together an education program and all those nuts and bolts, build an obligations register. But it's this whole other the other that compliance professionals are the only ones in organisations doing that they need assistance with and support with and continual input of new ideas because you try one and it doesn't work and so you have to keep trying with something new, some new way of influencing people and it's not around credibility, it's not around their ability, it's not about their intelligence because these are all smart, capable people who are being systematically blocked in a lot of instances. So the conference is going to work through um, everything that's gone on 2017, 2018 in our half-day workshop the day prior. Right. And, and our end objective from that workshop session is that our members would walk out of that session with um, a board paper or PowerPoint presentation so they could go back to their boards and go, look, this is what's been happening. These are the big themes that comes out of this. And these are the pragmatic ways we need to look at going forward. And these are the fundamental changes we need to make in our organisation. Or... These are the likely consequences of that. Yeah. We all know, we can all tell that there's going to be a change in regulatory flavour and approach. There is definitely going to have to be more appetite for prosecutions. Um, enforceable undertakings will take on a different flavour and may not be the first option. Um, and so there's, there's going to be big changes in the way regulators behave with us. There's, there's ideas mooted that they would have someone in-house living with you all the time, watching what's going on. So an internal police officer, if you will. And don't forget the technological element that's coming out of ASIC. Um, that's right. I mean, a lot of regulators are embracing this idea that technology will save us because yeah. it can gather all your data. And, you know, on the flip side of that, the, the claims by a number of uh, the entities testifying at the Royal Commission that they couldn't possibly provide all the information required by the Royal Commission because they have, you know, 10 different databases for different things to pull all that together, um, demonstrate clearly that either there's a disconnect in technology or we're all going to have to really reframe how we approach that. Yeah. And, um, and it may be that if we are not careful, that will be dictated by the regulators. You will be required to follow their system. You will be required to hand over data. And there may well be an appetite for a window mm -hmm. for that to happen. Who knows? I'm just you know, throwing that one out there. So with the conference, uh, we then are going to work through the legal recognition paper again and reframe it for 2018. Put that back in another context um, for what hasn't happened in the last 10 years as well. Because astonishingly enough, the window encapsulated by the Royal Commission was the past 10 years. And that's when the paper was launched, 10 years ago. 
So it's really interesting that those periods come inside. We're then going to work through the conference and look at other ways that uh, compliance reporting, compliance objectives, the objectives of your organisation could be much bigger picture and could genuinely cause a cultural shift within your organisation. Moving away from this minimum viable path um, for compliance to profitability um, to saying it doesn't have to be either or. You can be an exemplary organisation and still make buckets of money. Nobody's got a problem with the buckets of money. We've got a problem when it causes harm. We've got a problem when you don't care about doing the right thing or you seem like you don't. Um, and we're going to work through that that conference and the end point of that conference is what we want to come away with as an organisation and I want to come away with as a managing director for the board are the material elements of what we're going to put in as our submission. Primarily around um, the questions that have come through for the policies arising from Module 6 of the Royal Commission, so questions 37 and 38, what consequences should there be and what changes need to happen internally for compliance. And we've got a couple of key recommendations around that already. Um, It's very apparent that the remuneration model isn't just rewarding poor behaviour, it's almost punishing good behaviour. So there needs to be a shift in who has KPIs um, and who owns those and whether they can be removed at will by stakeholders in the organisation. So there's a, there's a few things there. I personally think that compliance should stop reporting into risk. I understand the logic of having it in risk management as a subset of risk, as a kind of risk. There is certainly value in that. However, compliance is not only organisation-facing risk, the risk that the organisation faces from making different decisions. Compliance is essentially about achieving your objectives and achieving the objectives of your customers. Um, that's, that's what ASIC is after. They want a well-run market mm-hmm. where everybody gets to, be, gets to make money if they're sensible about their decisions, including your customers. And so compliance has to have that other facing thing. They have to educate customers to not only... To, sorry, customers and their front-facing staff, customer-facing staff, not only do they have to make decisions that are consistent with the organisation's stated risk appetite for achieving its strategic objectives, they have to make decisions that are consistent with their customers' intents and their customers' risk appetite and their customers' outcomes. So you, you don't have to do an either-or about that either, but you have to make sure that they are consistent with each other and sometimes you might have to part ways with a customer. You have to do it. When you're working in anti-money laundering, you can't necessarily onboard everybody, um, and you might have to do it with other products. Some products just are not appropriate for some customers. So, you know, that's where we want to get with that. Um, I would encourage all members to continue communicating with me about what they'd like included in any kind of submission going back to the Royal Commission. Um, We've waited very deliberately for this interim paper. Um, we suspected what would come out of it, we suspected the road it would go down, um, but we wanted to have a statement that covered a cost because we believed fundamentally that the themes wouldn't be specific to super or insurance or banking, that they would be fairly consistent across everything and I think that's been borne out. Right. And I guess we will see what the final report looks like next year. Um, 
and what recommendations will come of that as we well. We sure will, yes, yeah. yes. But I think in the meantime, I, I think that we can't adopt a sit tight until February. Um, I think as we've already seen from the ACCC taking criminal action, there's already an appetite for, for regulators to get moving on this so that when the final report, let's face it, it everyone's a political animal. When the final report's released, they can say hand on heart, we're already doing this, we're already moving in this direction and we already are going to do X, Y, Z. And I guess not just ACCC, as you mentioned just now, um, taking action, but of course beefing up their penalties for future as well, which is something that members should also be looking out for. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the recommendations going forward, by March we may well be having another election, we may well have another government which has a much greater appetite for increasing penalties. So that's something that has to be taken back into the fold. So if your organisation is going to be serious about preparing itself for the future and future-proofing itself, there's regulatory action, there's also customer trust, there's reputational risk, there's, there are many flavours to this and the value proposition for compliance professionals touches on all of these. Um, and that's why it's much more complex than being a single line in a risk management ratio or, you know, a snapshot of the rising issues or suspected breaches. Um, it's much more complex than that and it needs its own growth KPIs around culture, um, they need their own around measuring the understanding of customers and their organisation for where they need to go moving forward if they're really going to achieve um, the kind of cultural shift that regulators and customers and the public want out right. of this core commission. All right. Well, um, obviously, just before the interim report came out, we, you know, we had International Compliance Day, and we sort of missed that. So I think this is an opportunity for us to give a bit of advice. Do you have any advice for compliance professionals out there trying to get this right? I mean, um, in terms of looking not just at the interim report, but just generally at their program from a holistic way. I think, I think it, it is time to demand your space and your time in the sun and to not be dictated to about accept reporting. I know that this all sounds really easy from someone who's not there, but honestly, the conversations I've had with members recently who have had to make some really tough decisions about whether they stay or whether they go in an organisation, it doesn't matter. There is no point going around trying to be liked and trying to make your message liked. Um, in a lot of organisations, you may as well step up and say, this is what I'm going to report, this is how I'm going to report it. I don't think you're across all of these big issues and we need to have a serious look at how we approach these things um, because the reality is for some of our members who've been telling me you know their recent experiences of their organizations you've got you haven't got nearly as much to lose as you think okay well thank you very much um, i hope everybody who's listened to this podcast um, really takes that to heart and hopefully we'll see you at the conference next week well drop me an email Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast is produced by the GRC Institute and the original music was composed by Rob Neary.